Chat GPT versus Google. Thank you for joining and being here with us today. We are going to have a very, very intense conversation about this topic. So you guys do not want to miss this for sure. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Ashley, good morning. Hey, good morning, Favor. I'm super excited about this. There's just been so much going on and um, I've been last minute cramming, you could say, um, with all the different articles and news that's coming up around chat GPT and open AI and how it's going to change things in the, uh, to be a little cheesy, metaverse <laughs> <laughs> for, for digital creatives and digital professionals, um, even, even technology. Um, it's definitely something that I think everyone should be keeping their eyes on for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I think it's going to be a game changer. A lot of topics have been going on, and uh, I think we're going to definitely use the articles like you sent, you know, to really help people understand it. Because some people have no clue what's going on. Some people have a short idea, and some people really know what's happening, but they don't know what to do with the information. Exactly. It's it's kind of like, um, well, I guess I'm still in that boat with everyone that's talking. To, I mean, last year, it seemed like it was all NFTs and crypto. And I, <laughs> so I'm still like, what? How do you make money here? But um, this AI stuff, I, I feel like I have a little bit more of a grasp on. It's a little bit more in my wheelhouse, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we can definitely knock it out today. This is this is going to be good. I'm excited about this room. Thank you for this suggestion. And it's good to see you, John. Happy New Year. Welcome. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Yeah. I. Uh, hi, Ashley. Nice to meet you. Favor, uh, I am totally pumped about ChatGBT. Actually, it's funny. I was actually just making a video for, a, for ChatGBT showing a uh, friend how to use it and how to how to do inputs and uh yeah so awesome what uh what do you what's the um the goal here on this uh are we are we just generally chatting or are we it says chat gpt versus google so what are you trying to uh talk about today yeah so what we want to do today is really dissect this whole idea of why Google and ChatGPT are kind of like going head to head with each other and who the competitors really are, what's happening around the globe, what people are using it for and how it's affecting people's search. You know, it's going all the way to schools. You know, people in schools are using it. You know, people at work are using it, people at home are using it. So I think mm. it's going to be very exciting to know how people are going to be getting answers that will help them with their daily lives. So it's just like a versus. There's nothing really intense, yeah. but um, we have some articles. Um, Ashley sent me some articles, and I'm thinking it's good if we can maybe touch on each and one, every one of them so that at least some people in the room can read them, get their own ideas, and then we can contribute and see how that affects you know their process. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, as far as like, you know, obviously as far as like Google and SEO and digital marketing, um, I would say if this is my opinion, guys, so this is, this is my opinion. Everyone in the, in the room, hello, happy new year. 
This is my opinion. Uh, I think it's a great opinion. <laughs> uh, that was a joke. You can laugh. Um, ChatGPT is a great tool for uh, getting started with ideas, right? So uh, if you're going to use ChatGPT, you have to understand the input. You have to understand how to put what you want to put in there. And I think I'm uh, uh, going to share a couple of things later on. But uh, if you, what I do is I put, I ask a question and then I say, give me 10 bullet points, right? And if I like bullet point number six, I say, tell me more about number six. And then I, and I keep going until I get the content that I like or that it, it makes sense to what I want. Then I move it over to a Google Doc. I rearrange it. I put it through Grammarly. I put it through um, a tool called Neuron Writer. I put it through uh, some other tools just to check it for plagiarism and for different things like that. If, the, if you're taking notes, write down Quillbot. Quillbot, okay? And that is a great tool to uh, help in the process. But don't, what I would say is don't ever use AI right out of the box, AI tools, uh, because you're just going to get yourself in trouble. Uh, you know, you got to have the human, the human part of the human editing part of the, the process. Right. And so that's that's kind of my process is get ideas from AI, put it into a Google Doc, rearrange it, make it yours. Run it through tools to help you. Grammarly, uh, plagiarism checker, Copyscape. If you haven't heard of Copyscape, write down Copyscape. Uh, and then rearrange it. Make it good. And so wh what was... I heard this from somebody else, so I'm not sure who I heard it from, but pretend like a GPT... Uh, I'm sorry, the GPT AI is like a junior writer and you're going to basically get ideas from that process, that junior writer, and then take it and make it yours. And that's, that's kind of like the overarching uh, thing that I would like to say today is use it how you would like to get ideas. How, use it how you would want to get ideas first. Pull it apart and then put it back together. And uh, if you, you know... I have a friend in a different market who uses uh, a ton, like 100,000 articles uh, a month, and it's just rubbish, right? And so um, hopefully that helps. Did that make sense? So much sense. I was just laughing because when you mentioned uh, Neuron Writer, and I also see Gabrielle in the, in the room also wants you to talk more about it. That is a platform I have been looking at. It's literally been on my tab for weeks now, and I'm seeing how it's going to change the game for people. You know, there are platforms people like to use. I'm not going to mention all of them, but you've already mentioned you're a writer, so I think people can keep with that one so we don't confuse them. But what is your thought on Neuron Writer as as a way to really rank on, with content, knowing that it's NLP friendly? you know, and also SERP friendly? Yeah, well, no, that's a great question. So again, how do you, how do you write? Like, how do you normally write? Okay, um, let's just go back to normal 
American, and I apologize, this is probably, I'm going to say American, but I'm saying like a normal, um, you know, elementary, junior high, high school education way of writing. Okay, and this is this is not an American thing. I'm just saying I'm I grew up in America, so this is what I know, right? I didn't grow up in other countries, but I'm sure you guys do the same thing. So apologize for I'm not trying to be uh, uh, you know, whatever. But um, you take an idea. You're like, hey, write your you write your topic about X, right? X is your topic. So then you outline the topic, you like the bullet points. Like you say, hey. There's subtopic, or there's top, there's main topic, subtopic, sub subtopic. You kind of like do an outline, and how I personally do it, uh, and I'm sure, favor you know this, is you what we do now. It's for SEO, for writing, for content. We call it a content brief. So you can actually hire someone to do a content brief, or you can do a content brief, and then you then you hand it over to a writer which is what we do now. So the content brief is your main topic with a couple of like say five or six bullet points. Like these are the topics I want to cover. These are the keywords. These are the, you know, the keyword or the entities that we want to cover and a couple more directives. So basically it's an outline, right? And so like this is probably six, seven, eight, eighth grade, ninth grade kind of methodology, which is, which is a great methodology. And then you go ahead and you start writing, right? And so, that's where you can come in and take uh, take those ideas, run it, and once you have the article, run it through NeuronWriter, and the NeuronWriter will help you understand what you're missing or what you need to add as far as an entity. So let me clarify entities. Entity is a person, place, or thing, or uh, in the sense of like if you go to Google Maps, a, way, a, great, a great way to understand entities is go to Google Maps, Look at your city and then look at uh, the different places on the map. So like a road is an entity, a restaurant is an entity, a business is an entity, a park is an entity, right? And they all have CID numbers, customer identification numbers. So all of this is related to search, okay? So if you are, if you are looking for, if you're writing an article about golf clubs, right? What are the other entities or other ideas or other topics in the golf golf world? There's golf carts, golf balls, golf courses, golf shirts, golf t-shirts, shoes, right? Those are all the other entities. So if you're talking about a topic, what are the other topics or entities involved in that? And then if you're talking about local, what are the other entities around that entity? What like if you're driving on highway uh, 20 going north and then there's highway 10 going east and there's a park those are all entities that Google understands anyways the, the point is you can use neuron writer to help understand what the entities that are needed or the keyword phrases that are needed in that article so let's go back let's start from the beginning get an idea have uh, the junior writer uh, write some ideas for you, right? AI, you're going to create a content brief and outline of what you want to write about. Then you're going to give it to an actual human writer. You're going to write, uh, you're going to edit, you're going to make sure it's 
it's uh, on track with what you want. You're going to make sure there's no plagiarism, no any uh, nonsense in there. You're going to run it through NeuronWriter and look for any I, I, uh, entities. Because what it and what it does is it compares the keyword that you want to rank for with what's already ranking. And so here's a key. Here's if you haven't heard this already. Here's a key point. Look at what's ranking already. All right, that's a key indicator of what what you should do to model that. And then as far as content, and then the neuron writer is it it is a little bit of a learning curve. I have to admit, but then. Once you get it, you can start adding that um, entities to, you can add those entities to the, um, the content. And then you, of course, you're gonna take that content, you're gonna push it over to your, your uh, website, and there you go. So that's my process, guys. It's a little bit long, but I would highly, highly recommend do not use AI content out of the box. In other words, just straight out of the, out of the, the machine, right? Do not do that. Uh, I do not recommend that. Uh, back to you, Faber. That was fire. That was definitely fire. Thank you so much for that. That is exactly what everybody needs to know. Do not copy paste and think AI is going to do everything for you. Because when you think about it like that, then you become lazy. And then the AI also starts to become a duplicate, you know, you don't want to be a clone because by the time you think about the content you're writing, somebody else can pick up that same content and put it on their site. So what makes you different from that person if you didn't go and add your brand, your tone, your structure, your planning and your experience to it. So that was really great, John. Thank you so much for that. Ashley, um, I know you had something to write about in the chat. So please feel free to go ahead and let us know what your thoughts are because this is a hot topic. And for those also, one one more thing, for those who are raising their hands, we'll bring you up on stage in, let's say about 15 minutes because we have a lot to cover and we don't want to, you know, just detour because we want to make sure everybody gets the right answers today. So we're going to come to you. Ashley, the floor is yours. Hey, thanks, Favor. Yeah, John, you brought up some amazing topics and some great takeaways. As the conversation's going, guys, I am going to be um, pinning different articles that we found online um, that are relevant to the conversation. But what's interesting too is the whole copyright and plagiarism thing. Again, stressing what John had said, you don't want to do a direct copy paste from anything that's generated um, legally and, and things um, in the, that are discussed in the article that I've shared above. Um, there's two main questions that are coming up with AI and when it comes to copyright and plagiarism. And the first one is the rights of human creators. And this is a this has been a question even with the visual AIs. Um, you know, the, the profile graphics that you've seen um, online that everybody's using and, and things like that, that's uh, data or Im images were scraped online from all different sources without any kind of credit, compensation or consent from those artists. Um, the same thing goes with any kind of written articles or anything like that. AI is taking that information from what's available on the internet, chat, GBT specifically. Um, anything, I think, after 2021 is their disclosure on the website is where they don't have a lot of accurate information. So, again, be sure to fact check. Um, real world example, I hopped on and, and started to check it out and I asked them for um I asked it to write me a blog post about Clubhouse. Well, 
Clubhouse uh, was initially an invite-only app, and the blog um, that I asked it to write me uh, talked about that point. Well, I think it was in early 2021, like March or April, um, they they got rid of that. So uh, there's there's some obviously some fact checking that needs to happen. Um, the other part of that is I asked it to write me a uh, copy for a sales landing page for um, social media done for you marketing, and then I asked it to write me a sales landing page for. Um, a group coaching program for social media marketing and technology and things like that. And um, Favor brought this up too. Um, and to just again support John's point, I read through all of the copy and it was pretty high level. You like, you could, it wasn't, <laughs> it didn't have my brand, it didn't have my twist or Ashleyisms or whatever you want to call those for your particular voice. But at the same time, with the exception of just sw swapping out a few words like the services and the changes, the last paragraph or the call to action was exactly the same. So it's a great starting point. I agree with John um, in that it gives you ideas. It helps you with direction. It might help you um, with the information it's giving. It's learning how to ask those questions or ask what you're looking for and maybe create a more detailed piece based upon all the information that you're given as the results. Um, However, uh, the other question uh, in the article that's discussed is the ownership of AI-generated work. Is it pr protected by copyright? And if so, who owns those rights to it? So that one is a little bit more straightforward. Um, they call it the monkey selfie case, um, where the U.S. Copyright Office made it clear that copyright required a human authorship. So... It, it couldn't be AI. However, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when hybrid works come about um, as as creators and writers and digital professionals start to use these AI tool, AI solutions as tools to help us become better and more efficient and things like that in our day to day. Who owns that? That's the biggest question. Um, however, <laughs> with as slow as our as our um, legal system works here in the United States, I don't think we're gonna get any answers this year and maybe not even next year. So it's it's definitely something to be mindful of as you're using these tools, or if you're using these tools, say you're a freelancer or a contractor and you're generating content for clients. That's something else that you wanna be mindful of too. Um, but that is what I wanted to pop off and say, cause it's, it's, I can totally nerd out about this conversation and this topic in particular. Thank you, Ashley. You're so right about that. Uh, one of the things that that you really mentioned that really caught my attention was when you talked about the copywriting part, you know, and writing for clients. Because when you write copy and then the clients don't know that you're using AI, at some point they're going to figure it out because they're going to make, they'll be like, this does not sound like me. This doesn't sound like my brand. I don't talk like this. And it sounds very generic. So if you are a VA or someone that is working on with clients and you're using AI to support your system or your process, be very careful with how you're putting out information to people, because if they don't fact check it, proofread it, you know, copy all those, you know, text and make sure everything is sounding correct, then there's no point of even putting it on Google because 
one of the things that Google does not like at all, it detests this 100% is duplicate content, content, duplicated content. And if your copy looks exactly like the person who posted a, a week ago or a month ago, then what difference do you make as a business? And then you have to think about your domain authority. So really understand that it's not just about the copy, it's about the experience. And I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, Google added this E as one of their, you know, um, acronyms, because there's, you know, EAT, we all know that, you know, um, expertise, authority, and trust. But Google just released, this was, I think, last month, they re in December, they released the, the new E, which stands for experience, meaning that if people are going to use your website for information or to learn something about a business or a product or a service, then you have to really give them an experience. When you're paying for things, you're paying for convenience and you're paying for an experience. If you're on a flight and you're trying to get more leg room, you're paying for convenience. If you're trying to go to Disney with your family, you're going to pay for experience. You're not paying because of the price. You're paying because of the memory you're going to get from that convenience. So if you're doing the same thing for your clients or you're doing it for yourself as a business, think about what Google is going to be doing and how it's going to play a role into your your directive you know one of the platforms that uh i wanted to talk about too because i know it's going to be one of the articles that ashley's going to post is about bing you know we all know about google everybody knows that google holds about over 92.7 i believe percent of the market share but we still have other search engines like yandex like yahoo like you know bing you know YouTube, um, Pinterest, you know, those are platforms that are out there that people can be able to use. But there's a platform called you.com and it's powered by Bing. It's an AI tool. John, Ashley, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but they're powered by Bing. And if you don't have your website connected to Bing Webmasters, then your website could end up on you.com by default, but you don't really have a site map that can navigate that process for you. And, you know, Gemma also talked about in the in the chat, you know, how the article that we had right before the one you posted, Ashley, talked about Excel formulas, you know, extending functionality with Google Tag Manager, which is great because you also have to think about your GA4, you have to think about your Google Search Console. It really helps you strategize out your process. You know, Gabrielle also talks about, you know, copy for informational purposes. And, and you're right because, um, one of the things that you know people don't really see is there's something called search intent for Google or just for search engines in general. You know, we have informational searches, navigational searches, commercial searches, and transactional searches, right? And if the chat GPT or the open AI is only giving you informational searches, ask yourself, how can you turn that informational search into, into a transactional search? How can you get people to purchase something or buy something from you or sign up for something or have a call to action that's going to be in line with your business or your brand or even your tone. So I use, you know, ChatGPT. I've been testing it out for weeks now. It's almost a month now. And I love the features that it's giving, but I don't highly depend on it fully or fully depend on it because if I do, then that means I've not really put in my 20%. You know, the 20% that you're adding to that value is going to generate the 80% you're going to get from people reading it. So if you tell ChatGPT, hey, send me 10 topics about cooking, 
or cooking recipes or, you know, give me a chore for the week. You know, you're going to get those results like everybody else will, just like Ashley said, you know, till 2021. So if you really want to focus on growing and expanding your business, don't just think about using ChatGPT as the end or be all. Use it as a factor, but then also add your touch to it. Because when you add your touch to it, someone cannot tell whether you used AI or not because you were able to add your expertise, which has authority and this trust because you were able to build an experience. That's just what I wanted to say. Um, Ashley and John, did you have anything to add on? I know we have the, the article that just came up too on plagiarism. I'm going to take John's silence of no, but flash. I, I'm old school clubhouse, you guys. I've been off the app for a year and a half. So you might hear things like flash your mic. I don't know if that's a thing anymore, Faber, but <laughs> old habits die hard. Yeah, we're gonna, you're going to have to train me up on this one. But I just wanted, before I share the link about Microsoft and Bing, I did want to call out the article that I've shared and it talks about three approaches to being able to detect AI writing. And so there's, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to it. And as we get through this, it's going to become interesting because I think that there, when all of this started to come into my radar, there was a big con concern about it's going to replace content writers and it's going to replace social media marketers and it's going to replace SEO strategists and bloggers and reporters and of course being in the industry i'm like oh my gosh what what what's going on however I, I, we're we're not there yet um the technology isn't there yet but one of the obvious solutions of detecting ai is to also use ai <laughs> to do that um but as everything becomes um up to speed and on par because this world moves so fast i think it's going to be interesting to see how that necessary necessarily plays out um, the second one that they talk about is what they call authorship detection. And a lot of this is what, um, Favor, you brought up at the beginning of this discussion was, you know, this is reaching schools. And the thing is, is that it's, this is a very hot topic. It's very quote unquote trendy, um, right now because the general public has figured it out or the masses have figured it out. However, this is something that teachers for the last few, several years, I'd say four or five years have actually had on their radar and have been discussing as they are accepting essays and papers from college students and things like that. So part of that is, you know, a teacher receives a paper from a student that is well above their, you know, their skill set or what they're known for, or perhaps someone has broken English and something comes in as, you know, perfectly that that can kind of be um, a red flag. The other part or the final one is they talk about creating AI resistant assignments. So again, um, work or homework, um, again, they're specifically talking about students here, but what is a, what is an assignment or a task that is more, I guess, creative in teaching the, the subject matter instead of simply, you know, assigning kids, you know, 3,500 word essays, which isn't necessarily a bad thing in my opinion, because there's a lot of kids out there, um, a lot of adults out there that learn differently and they're able to express or um, translate what they've learned easier in other forms than necessarily writing. So I, I just find that pretty interesting there. But the next article I am sharing right now 
um, specifically discloses the interesting part about Microsoft Bing's partnership with ChatGPT. And the thing that Favor and I were talking before this room started was the fact that <laughs> this was, this is a long going relationship. Um, in 2019, Microsoft made a $1 billion investment in open AI. So they've been collaborating on integrating GPT into Bing for the last, oh, math is hard, four years now, three years, depending on, you know, when that happened. So that's just kind of mind blowing. And I really, I, I know, I know high level stuff I can get through with SEO and stuff like that, but I know that favor and from what I can tell from John's profile, these two are the SEO experts. So you guys are, you guys know search engine material. Like if I have a question about what's going on with search engines, I go to favor and be like, Hey dude, what's going on? How can, how can this happen? And so I really want to hear your two thoughts on how this is going, like this coming from Bing and the other, um, I think you called it you favor. Um, yeah. Yeah. What is this? What does that mean for for Google? Because that was kind of the spur of the of the discussion. Because people are like, "Oh, well, Chat GPT is going to replace Google." And spoiler alert: right now, it's not. I asked it for a beauty salon, and it told me that I couldn't do that. So anyway, I'm gonna mute my mic now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give you the crickets for Chat GPT on that one. <laughs> wow, I think if we fully depend on chat gpt for everything then we are losing the point and we're missing the point completely you know the ai is supposed to be supporting not replacing and if we replace what we already know as thought writers thought leaders subject matter experts and ignore the fact that people are going to be reading this because ai is writing for humans keep that in mind you're not writing for AI, you're writing for humans, you're writing for people, you're writing for communities, you're writing for niche markets, you're writing for target audiences, you're writing for people who need this information firsthand. So if you're writing this content and people are reading it, understand that when somebody's gonna understand your content and read it and understand exactly what it's supposed to entail, it should be more of a support system than a replacing factor now i was reading because i love doing research and just recently i think it was actually this january not too long ago google or search engine yeah let me put it that way google search have just released this new update it's not a core update but it's just one of those updates that they do in between the time and they used to have like a hard stop or a hard limit on the character on your meta description character limit count now it's been reduced to 110. before it was i think 155 to 160 165 plus minus so now it's about 110 characters in your meta description so if you're using ai and you're using the ida framework you know the attention interest desire and action framework then there are ways you can be able to trigger people to click through to your link because you have something substantial within that text, within that copy phrasing. So if you're using ChatGPT to connect the dots and really understand what people are looking for, you should take that information and then paraphrase it or re-strategize it 
or you know rephrase it in a way that when you, somebody else is reading it it doesn't look like you just copy and pasted it because that's what most people are doing with chat gpt now even with schools that's the whole reason why it's in schools because they're like oh this homework i'm supposed to do a 500 word essay let me tell chat gpt to do it and then they get the whole 500 word essay they don't do any proofreading they don't do any you know scheming they don't do any nothing and they just post it and they publish it and they're like oh okay you have um a percentage of plagiarism i think right now it's it's 15 percent back then it was way lower than that but you know i don't know me i'm not in school but i definitely can say that if you're using chat gpt right now which is free and i'm sure they're going to have a paywall soon my advice to you would be make sure you use that platform and exhaust as much as you can now save it in your drive your google docs your notes your notion whatever you use to your evernote and just make sure you have copy that has content pillars and then use those content pillars to draft content that you can use in the future because content is going to keep coming content is free right now we can all make content today this is content right now here on clubhouse but what's going to convert and what's going to make your business thrive and sustainable is how well you put that human touch and that human experience to your business so don't forget that and i'm excited about bing you know going into you know chat gpt and you know launching it out in march um especially for the people who are thinking about you know using bing not everybody uses bing but the people who do and have their website connected to bing are going to benefit from this a lot so just wanted to give my two thoughts on that john you wanted to say something sorry about that yeah i mean you i i think everyone here would agree with me it's like don't throw out the basics right uh the basics of strategy and, and what we know already is the basics of how people, how humans work, right? It's the strategy of content, writing an outline, uh, figuring out how that content is going to work. I mean, if I was in school, right, uh, it, even before we had tools, you still had to write an outline. So write an outline. And then uh, with all the tools we have today, like how would, how would if Ashley and Favor and I sat down at a table and we wanted to write content today, we didn't, we, let's say we didn't have any tools like ChatGBT, we would pull out a paper, piece of paper, and we would write down like four or five topics, and then we would start outlining those. Uh, but because we have these tools today, what we can do is we can record our voices right we can record a video or record audio and then transcribe that uh video or audio right transcribe that audio and so there's so many different ways to use the tools to make really really good content and again to your point favor don't be lazy think outside the box and if you can't go into a if you can't go into a room take a piece of paper if you're in school, if you're in school, if you can't go into a room and take a piece of paper out and write uh, topics out and have a decent ability to then write on that topic, uh, then yeah, the, you know, think about like, think about those type of scenarios. If you can't do that, then make sure to 
don't don't abuse what i'm trying to say is don't abuse the gbt if you're in school you know think outside like when you normally write it how would you do it and then use the tools to help give you ideas to write it uh anyways i kind of bumbling here around but my point is these tools have the ability to help us but don't lean on them or don't be lazy and um write a content brief like go to G- chat gbtt chat gbt today set, tell it write a content brief on the topic of x and give me five points to talk about or something like that and see what it does and see what it spits out right and then take that content tell me more about point number one and if you don't know anything about it then research it uh learn about it talk about it and that's the way to start your content scenario that's the way to content then again of course what i said earlier running through run it through some plagiarism checkers um and go watch a video on on it and then take that knowledge that you learned from the video then do your own video and then record it uh, there's so many different ways to to do this guys and i i actually i would love to he- hear you jump in here about what i'm trying to say because <laughs> i'm trying to i'm kind of uh bumbling around here but it, it's so fun to to use these tools and um there's no there's no reason i guess here's my point there's no reason to be lazy when we have uh the tools and the uh software available to us and of course it depends on really what you're trying to accomplish right uh, my goal is to write really good content that is SEO friendly, that converts into a lead or a sale, right? If you're writing content online, what do you want it to do, right? So don't forget the basics of human interaction. If you're just going to write content for content's sake uh, and that not have anything to, to do afterwards, then you really should go back and analyze it what are you trying to do are you is it informational content is it transactional content uh, and then what's the intent behind the search right if we're talking about google and bing is it just informational searches transactional searches navigational searches gosh guys there's so much to talk about what here's what i would like to do favor can can anybody um ask a question on what I just said. If you guys have a question on informational content, navigational content, and or transactional content, and then how to structure that content so you can get a actual result from it. Is there any uh, questions? Oh, Ashley, just come on, just talk, um, just on mic. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Okay. Again, old school clubhouse days. We would flash the mic for applause. That was before all the happy buttons came along and I'm sure Favor's laughing at me right now. But well, thank you for the invitation, John, because I've been like Gabrielle and I have been um, going back and forth a little bit in the chat and things like that about the education world that you had brought up. And one of the questions that I had for her or, or even yourself, um, because I agree, this is a great tool. This is going to help with um, producing content with um, Pavan. I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering your name. Also asked about, you know, content generation will increase. And my initial mm-hmm. thoughts, again, 
just a high level observer of search engines and how they work is it's going if people do that in mass it's going to make it harder to find high quality content if people are just churn and burning articles and so i can see a solution being somewhat parallel to what google did when it came to people just keyword stuffing their website copy copy so that that was a thought on that but i've got three humans in my home with adhd and so I'm, and our oldest is in college right now and she has her papers and things like that. And she's also tech challenged. She, she's part of that generation, I guess, or she's the anomaly of her generation. And so the idea was, could she use AI the same way that you've mentioned before, use it as a springboard for content? Like she has a, she has a particular paper due. Could she use it to help her outline her thoughts and ideas when naturally for her it's just her the way that her mind works is so um bouncy like from topic to topic from idea to idea um, yeah totally so that was something yeah, yeah 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 i mean totally so i mean here's again going back to what we have done in the past like how like i'm i'm old enough to uh, uh, this is going to date me here but i'm looking across on my bookshelf looking at the old school encyclopedia books right so I'm a child of the 80s, um, and when we had to, quote-unquote, write a paper, we would have to find the data on that paper. We didn't know anything about that. We didn't know anything about the XYZ topic that the teacher assigned. That's why that's, we had to go find out the information. We had to outline it, right? So uh, obviously we have Wikipedia. We have Google. We have Bing, Right. But if, if, if you're in school, now, please correct me. I'm totally open to correction or a different thought pattern in the, uh, in the chat here. But if you're in school, like what you said, Ashley, and your daughter needs a jumpstart, well, if you had to go to Wikipedia or if you had to go to Google or if you had to go to the encyclopedia books, what's the difference of just going to ChatGBT or an AI and saying, write 10 topics or write, give me 10 bullet points about this topic and blah, 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 right? Blah, blah, blah could be uh, why they're important or, uh, or um, where they're at or depending on what the topic is, right? So just to clarify, just to clarify for everyone listening, it's using a tool. It could be an encyclopedia book, Google, Wikipedia, or chat GBT to give you that quote unquote jumpstart of an outline. And like what I said before, if you can go back to the recording, never, ever, ever, ever copy and paste, right? But take the bullet points, put them into a doc and go, Hey, there's, there's some bullet points where you can start your journey, uh, from, you know, so you don't, you're not looking at a blank sheet of paper. Hey, give me 10 points about, volcanoes that have erupted in Hawaii in the last uh, 100 years, right? I'm looking at a, I'm, I opened Bing here and there's a Hawaii volcano uh, uh, article, right? So it's good for that type of thing. Or if you have to write an article about, you know, Christopher Columbus, right? Um, give me 10 bullet points to talk about Christopher Columbus, right? That Those are the type of things that I would say would be legit if you because you're you're just pulling bullet points or talking points 
And then you can take those talking points and explore them. Like go to Google and actually make sure to fact check and look at what's going on. But to me, Ashley, that's what I would say would be legit and would help your daughters just to give you kind of that jump start. Um, I think that would help. Any any thoughts or ideas? No, absolutely. I I don't have anything to add, John. Yes, I I'm excited. Well, and again, there's that ethical piece, right? Um, that that we'll be having a conversation on, and even um, it'll be interesting. Um, again, Gabrielle, I'm calling you out. She's been in the chat talking to me and stuff like that. Where uh, college students aren't writing at college college papers that she's getting aren't necessarily at college level anymore. So I'm going to be grabbing my daughter's papers and comparing them to mine, and we'll see if if what's going what's going on there she she doesn't know about ai it it confuses her but oh um, well Gab, gabrielle <laughs> is gabrielle gabrielle are you a college professor um yeah she's a professor at a university so oh, well, you're... Um, ai confuses my daughter not gabrielle i i just wanted to yeah no i i, I get no i no no okay, I, get, okay. I got i got that okay. yeah uh, Gabrielle, you said something about everyone is replacing you, the letter U, for Y-O-U, you. Uh, I would say that is, that is, that, that rubs me wrong. I, when someone does that, I'd say no. Like, I have a, a, a 10 or 11-year-old and a 13-year-old, okay? And uh, <clears throat> if they do that, that's totally wrong. If you're going to write, you're going to write correctly. Everyone listening to me, please do not write with the letter U. Now in texting, it's more acceptable, but if you're writing a college level paper, yes, Gabrielle, I totally agree. You should write everything in proper English. Please, for the love of God, write proper English. I, I was just gonna say something, John. I don't, I, don't even com- I don't even support you writing in text format with the letter U. Like you have to com- complete a full sentence, you know? It just shows that if you keep typing like that, then at some point it becomes second nature and then you start seeing it in papers and dissertation papers and term papers. And I would definitely tell you this, when I look at my Facebook memories, like 2007, 2008, I used to write like that. And I asked myself why, because there's no point of writing tonight with a two N-I-T-E. It doesn't make any sense. So I feel like if you start writing correctly on paper, then you can automatically translate that into your typing and text, even punctuation, you know, ending with a period, with a question mark, you know, using your your question, you know, all the things that you're trying to put there is a colon, a semicolon, know how to use them. So I feel like it should not be in text. It should just be, it shouldn't even be there at all. That's just my point. I just wanted to make that before we go to Gabrielle. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm so sorry about that. I, I actually had to go to a place where I can actually talk. I was listening to Clubhouse while I was actually in a meeting. Such a bad habit. Don't do that. But um, I had to step out so I can actually talk. First of all, thank you guys so much for engaging me in these antics in regards to university level, um, you know, prose. I was trying to say that, you know, most papers, they're not submitted. They're not submitted with, you know, replacing the lowercase u for Y-O-U. Um, however, because texting focuses so much on brevity, you'll notice that in the sentence structure and the syntax of a lot of long form copy, 
that brevity carries over. Um, the use, you know, the proper use of an M dash, N dash, semicolon, comma, things like that, a lot of that falls off. Um, and then, of course, too, you have to also look at the structure of how a lot of colleges and universities are accepting students. They're not just accepting students based on, um, you know, their their academic achievements anymore. They're They're accepting students so that they can stay open. And so the professors now are being asked for leniency when it comes to not just accepting student applications, but also, you know, um, attrition. They can't hand out harsh grades like they did when we were coming up in school because they're afraid that they will lose that 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 dollar sign over time. And so. you have even some of your higher level schools like Columbia, Yale, things like that. They're opting out of um, ranking programs like U.S. News, World and Report in order to try to open up the opportunity for any and all students to apply for their college or university so that they can keep making that revenue. And so when you have a model of revenue generation on top of leniency, on top of, you know, the, the everyday habits of writing in brevity and, and in short form, that's how the writing styles of a lot of our um, students are changing. Good point, Gabrielle. Uh, yeah, that's pretty sad that the universities would do that, but, uh, well, we can't talk about that, but that's a whole nother topic. But the uh, the uh, if you want to win, and I think this is uh, Ashley favor, please jump in here and say and, and Heather, hi, welcome. Uh, and Gabrielle, if you want to win with content, just do the old school method, get a topic, write some point 10 points, talk, share your your knowledge if you don't have knowledge go read knowledge and then of course cite your sources and if you uh you know quick tip too here's here's a quick tip you can tell chat gbt to cite sources so write an article about the hawaii volcanoes for the last hundred years and cite the sources so now you go into the sources read it right and and gabrielle tell me if i'm right or wrong here because you're the uh, you're the professor here, but when you read uh, when you read an article, right, and then you cite the sources, you're basically pulling the facts and and you're giving credit where credit's due, but you're in, you're in, you're kind of synthesizing that um, all those article all those sources into your source into your article through your methodology of of writing. Is that am I correct, right? Yeah, and you're also thwarting plagiarism, right? You know? So you, yeah. So use the Chat GBT, right? And please engage with me, Gabrielle. Go back and let's go back and forth here. Use the Chat GBT, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Cite the sources, mm-hmm. get the ten bullet points, mm-hmm. read those sources, mm-hmm. get an understanding of what they're saying, mm-hmm. then write, type mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. full, like good English. <laughs> yeah. Use the use the tools, the Chat GBT, to give you those uh, extra ideas. Like, hey, like one of the tool, one of the ideas I do is tell me more about number six, right? So, like, 
they'll, uh, I'm just pulling this off the top of my head, but Hawaii, like, uh, if anyone's ever been to the Big Island, right, have, they have the volcano there, right? And so it's like, tell me more about the volcano in on the Big Island, and then it's, it's going to give you some ideas. Mm-hmm. So you can take that, you can rework it, you could rearrange those, um, that, 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 those, par- that, those paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And that way, when you put it through any type of copyscape plagiarism checker, it's more you. It's like more of how you write. Am, am I right or wrong here? I mean, is that, is that, is that, um, would that be good enough to get, turn into you as a teacher? Would that be okay? I think, you know, the, the outline in which you put forth is idyllic. I, re- I really do. I have no contestation for that particular workflow. Um, the hurdle comes with, and of course, not only do I teach classes, but I'm also the executive director of marketing for the university. So statistically, if when, when you're going back to read the sources, that's also another speed bump in that journey because we're also fostering a generation that if you don't have their attention in seven seconds, you're screwed. Mm. So a lot of these, a lot of students have the opportunity now where, of course, if you're citing sources, you know, those sources aren't two or three paragraphs. They're pages and pages and pages and pages of content that they have to sit through. Now, of course, students that excel will sit through all of those pages of content. However, now you have this extra layer of, um, I I guess you can say, well, we used to use like cliff notes, you know, or high level bullet points to cross reference and, and parse down those long form pieces of copy because they're not necessarily um, in the arena of digesting that much content and sitting through and absorbing that much content. So I think, but for your particular model, it, admittedly, John, I might, we might have to talk offline so I can steal a little bit of it because I'd rather go to my students and be like, listen, if you're going to use chat GPT, this is how to use it safely. You know, like don't right, right. Copy and paste it over. You, you know, if you're, if you're going to, if, if you're going to do wrong, do, at least do it right, you know? And so, um, we'll do it the old school method, right? It's, right. it's, it's yeah. a new, it's a new tool, Yeah. but you, but at least have a working knowledge of it. I mean, like what I would say is even, um, you can put it into a, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this, this is a, another tool, but open a Google doc and then turn your microphone on and take, take uh, verbal notes to yourself. So in other words, you're reading the article that's the source, but your microphone is open and Google Docs will type for you of what you're saying. Right. 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 So it'll transcribe. So now you have like your, your own uh, interpretation of that. Um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I will, is you can use tools like ChatGBT to summarize a video or summarize an article, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the the, the end goal here is if you're going to be uh, writing content or for, for school or for websites or for whatever, um, make it your own. <laughs> you know? I think just to support the conversation that you're having here, I'm going to butt in here. And Gabrielle, I did see you unmic, um, so you can have it after me. 
but I, I think the mindset here, because in other discussions and things that I've seen online, it's very polarizing. It's very AI is, you know, going to doom humanity or AI is the best thing that's happened in the world. And I think that if we can look at it as exactly that, a tool, a resource, something to help, something that we can work with, work with instead of against or make work for us, that if we can embrace that technology, this technology that's coming down the pipeline or that is evolving, I mean, it's already here, right? That I think that that's kind of the idea behind it or the intent. Now, humans tend to change things like, you know, social media was to connect people and now we just, we use it to make money. So there's, there's always that human factor as I call it. But um, I, I just wanted to chime in and, and say that I, I love what's happening here. So Gabrielle, uh, Mike is yours. I, Ashley, John, I completely co-sign. And I know, I'm so sorry. I feel like I completely derailed the focus of the conversation <laughs> in, in talking about higher ed. Um, but I feel like at this particular level or this particular segmentation, chat GPT is just ripe for flourishing. And of course, you know, if you're a parent or a guardian or an instructor or anything like that, you know, the fact that we're all here and learning about this, not just for ourselves and our institutions or our organizations, but then also being able to incorporate it into the learning styles of people that we may be responsible for. You know, I think I can probably say quite a few people, you know, in this chat right now are definitely scratching their chins and nodding their heads at some of the things that you guys are bringing up. So I think this is awesome. These are great points that we've all brought Ashley, John and Gabrielle, because, you know, shout out to you, Nikki, too, you know, you know, talking about the balanced discussion, because when you hear this kind of conversations going on, you have to ask yourself, who am I writing for and why am I writing the way I'm writing? Because some people could use this to sharpen their skills. You know, there are always pros and cons to things. So it's not like AI is completely bad, but this could be a way for people to really understand, okay, I don't know what this word means. Let me use a dictionary and figure out what this word means because AI gave it to me. And then that way I can, you know, improve on my English or just look at the way I can verbalize, just like John said with Microsoft Word, you can do that. You know, but don't fully depend on these things and then expect to get an A in class because you copy and pasted something that was done through ChatGPT. So, you know, just adding your own twist to it and giving your own style and making sure that even the writing also has some type of storytelling because storytelling still works today. You know, when you send an email and you tell someone a story, they're going to remember that story. They're not going to remember the price. They may but they'll definitely remember the story because you were able to give them something substantial to think about and also to plan or even to process before they made that informed decision about what you're telling them. So just wanted to highlight on that. And it's good to see you, Heather. I know when we talked about this, I think it was in November, um, we, were, we had a room about ChatGPT when it first came out. So I'd love to hear from you, you know, if there's anything that has happened between then and now, and then we'll go to Dimple after that. Thanks, Favor. Hey, Ashley, Dimple, Gabrielle, John. Um, hey, everybody. I have a new profile. I'm just messing around with my profile photos. Don't today, do that. So. Recognize you, girl. 
I know. I'm like throwing people off today. Um, yeah. So I've been using chat GPT for a minute. Um, I know we were, we had a room about a favor, like you said, in November. And I really love the fact that on the left-hand side, you can now save your queries, which is great. So if you go back, you can look through, um, just make sure you name them appropriately. Um, because I mean, it could, it saves like everything. Um, and you know, I got it to write emojis, which is awesome. Um, and how I did that was I, you know, and, and for context, I'm a web and social media supervisor and strategist, content creator. I write copy, search engine optimization, all of that fun stuff. Um, been doing it for like 16 years and for, you know, me creating copy and content and captions for multiple clients. I mean, one client themselves has like seven different caption documents per month. Um, so that's 210 captions <laughs> per month just for one client. And so, you know, it's hard to be unique and creative, especially when you have to create that much copy. So um, what I actually got it to do was create captions with emojis. I was trying to get it and I was trying to prompt it and say, put one or two, or I said, put two emojis, topical emojis, topical emojis in between sentences or after punctuation. And it did not do it. It put it at the front or the end. But then I was like, okay, let me think how I could give it the structure. So then I wrote, write five social media captions in a fun tone of voice about ABC Diner um, using the template below. And then I took a caption that, I mean, I've been writing captions forever. So I took one of the captions that we used prior and that was the template, the template below, um, talk about brunch, uh, omelets, uh, to go like, you know, add all the different things. And then it actually wrote those five captions with the emojis, with the topical hashtags. So, you know, definitely utilize the copy that you have already created and that template to help it along. So it writes in the style of you. Um, and I'm just obsessed. I mean, I was in a real estate, um, women in real estate zoom yesterday and we were talking about chat GPT in regards to real estate. I was in the chat GPT room last night. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this thing is taking over. I have not seen the Google one yet, but I have read online that Bing, B-I-N-G, the other search engine, the more organic search engine is also integrating chat GPT. So um, just, yeah, there's so many new changes coming up and I just love it. So thanks favor for letting me rant. <laughs> you're always welcome that was definitely fire you brought that to the room you know i appreciate you for that and i really appreciate the fact that you got that information and bing is a big source it's it's something i think is going to definitely take on google and we're going to have to see how that you know plays out in the year we've just started the year so by this time next year god willing i'm sure we'll definitely look at chat gpt and we'll wonder is it going to be there for long or is it going to expand? Is it going to evolve? Is it going to morph? We don't know. So we, we can't wait to see what that brings to us. And I can see Lou Art Tara, you are also on miking. Um, I'm muting your mic. Just give us one minute. We're going to come to you right after Dimple so that we can at least just go through the structure of the room and then we'll come right to you. This topic is a hot topic and I know everybody is 
on it right now. So I appreciate your participation and being here as well. It's also good to see Kalapo. I saw that in the chat. Thank you so much for being here and also everyone who's in the room. Before we get to Dimple, just wanted to do a quick reset. I don't think we do that a lot these days on Clubhouse, but you guys are in the marketing club and the marketing club is a great club where you are able to get all these types of information, whether it's social media, SEO, Pinterest, Google, Facebook, whatever it is that you're doing out there for digital marketing, content marketing, even email marketing, feel free to follow the club. Also follow the people that resonate with you here so you can be able to connect with them on a frequent basis. I also do have a club and a house, actually a house. Let me put it as a house. It's called All Things SEO House, which I'll put at the end of the room if you guys want to you know, connect with me or just click the link in my profile and scroll all the way down so you can be able to get these rooms and discussions. Next week, Monday, there's going to be a room here. We're going to do another series on Eventbrite SEO. We did that earlier this week with somebody who works at Eventbrite, and it was a really hot conversation. If you're looking for the replay, make sure you click the link before it goes, because once it goes, it's going into a vault where I'm having all my replays going into the archive, because I feel like at this point, we need to really make sure we can monetize the platform and also give value and also add value instead of just having it in the hallway. So I'm really trying to make sure that this year is completely different from last year, but we're definitely going to have conversations like this. So feel free to follow the club and stay connected and also catch all these replays while you can thank you dimple for being here um looking forward to hearing from me and i'll also love to ask you about you know on the podcast angle when it comes to ai and chat gpt um what are the points that you have for us that we'd love to hear today the floor is yours yeah thank you favor um hi everyone i'm dimple i'm a marketing strategist and podcaster and podcast coach so yeah i am also like heather loving chat gpt and i can't get enough of it and i have used it for podcasting so you know like um in q1 i'm planning on launching a couple of new shows and for one of my shows i'm like you know what i kind of know what my topics are going to be about but let me see how we can write titles for podcast episodes and also even an outline of what's going to be covered in those in those episodes. And I gave it the prompt and I said, write 10, you know, um, podcast episodes about blank, blank and blank, blank. And it totally did that. And then I said, write 10 more. And I was so blown away by the quality of just the way it worded things. And, and it was like catchy headlines like that are going to get more attention than me having to sit there and think about how should I write this and whatever. I've also used it to write content with SEO and say, you know, write um, um, a blog article and, you know, use this keyword um, for SEO purposes. And, and it's done that as well. So I'm, I'm loving it. My question is, you know, what do you guys think about in terms of, um, doesn't have any negative implications, you know, to SEO when it comes to actually using this content. Go Ashley. Well, I'm going to jump in and I want to hear what you have to say favor because you, <laughs> you know more about this. But I would think that, um, like what we talked about doing the copy pasting and stuff like that, like chat GPT isn't, isn't there yet. Um, and so you still need that human element to really finesse and fine tune that, or even know how to, how to use that at the beginning of this, uh, discussion, John actually did a walkthrough. So be sure that you save this to get the replay. Um, and he actually did a real life example walkthrough of how to use 
chat GBT um, in that scenario. But um, I'm, I'm, d- I'm done talking because I do social media. I don't, <laughs> I know enough, but not enough, if that makes sense. <laughs> what I would say really quickly, and then I'll pass it on to John um, to answer your question, Dimple, is the implementation the, imp- the implementation process of using ChatGPT with SEO is going to be very sensitive because this is something new and Google already has this in mind because you know Google already has uh, a lens you know there's Google lens there's Pinterest lens you know there are platforms that already scan crawl index and you know rank your site so when you start looking at your search queries in your Google Search Console, and you start to notice that the results you're getting in the, in the queries are coming from AI-written content that possibly you have customized, then you have to be very careful on how you, you know, produce that or push that through. The reason why I'm saying this is because Google is also working on their own chat GPT, quote unquote. And in the Google Search Console, I don't know if it's released yet, not everybody has it. They might do it in, they might roll it out in Q1. Don't quote me, but it's gonna come in 2023 for sure. Is on the left side of your Google Search Console, there's gonna be a feature called Content Ideas. And this is kind of like triggering what ChatGPT is already doing with ideas because ChatGPT is just giving you information that you could you know, double up on. So when you think about the ideas you're creating from the content you're already producing, it's not gonna have a fully negative impact if you customize your content correctly. And one way that you can really beat the algorithm is by going into video. Because in 2023, as we are right now, over 60% of the SERP is going to be going into video. I'm talking about TikTok. I'm talking about YouTube. You know, there's also Twitter as well. When you think about the Twitter cards, when you think about podcasting, especially in your in your niche, you know, podcast SERPs are going to be very big, you know. So Google right now, they're also working on their own um, Google Shorts. I don't think that's what they're going to call it, but it's going to be some type of way that Google is going to allow you to have short videos within the SERP. So if you're really thinking about growing, these things are happening in real time. So we don't know when it's going to roll out. I just do my research and I wait as I do, as I keep working. But just to make sure you guys are also aware and you're not caught by surprise, there are things that are going to be coming in the future that's going to really change the game. So don't depend on ChatGPT forever. Use it as a tool, but don't use the tool to the point where you can't think or process. So that's just what I would say on that. I hope that answered your question, Dimple. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I've been doing. It's more like a guideline. And then, you know, you you really have to put your own human element and spin on it. But it's good for research purposes. Like I like it for research. Like if I don't know how to do something and I want to ask it, because sometimes when I ask Google, it doesn't tell me it's like, oh, here's this article and this article. But then it's like all spread out all over different places. But I can ask it to give me information on how to do something I don't know how to do. And it'll tell me, like I said, give me, you know, um, micro influencer agencies. Right. And then I was like, give me 10 more. And it did, because for me to find that information on Google, I've tried doing it before is really, really very difficult to get the right answers to that. So, but thank you. Yeah. You're most welcome. Anytime. Thank you so much for that question. It definitely helps. So low Tara, I know you've been, you have a hot mic, so feel free to go ahead and let us know if you have a question or contribution. Yes, thank you for having me into into the room. I have a question and a contribution to add. I am uh, like 
uh, into websites, been doing it for more than 15 years and also a designer. And I look at it as uh, a curse and a blessing, uh, this whole thing, because uh, like 10 years ago, they kind of like uh, the AI was like in development and they put all the emails and and all the chat and everything from a certain person in a system. And they experimented with it to see like, okay, uh, when it talks to someone, does this person feel like it's a real person talking to them? And some people became friends with this chat robot that was actually uh, kind of like uh, mimicking uh, all the, uh, the correspondence of, uh, of, a, of a person. And to put it back into the CEO, uh, search engine opt optimization, um, the whole premise of Google is like, if you don't know it, we know it. So if you misspell anything, they'll put that in there. Like even with website developments, if you, uh, I came across a client and he let his website be developed by, by, by someone was that doing it, was doing it for a hobby, uh, 16 year old kid. And he forgot the titles. Uh, Google don't like that because then it's like, okay, how am I going to index this website if it doesn't have a, a, a title or meta tags or words that are linked to the article or page uh, that you're writing? So the the next step of the evolution, of course, is like, okay, with with like an, an AI that can uh, provide this these texts and then it would mean that all the information that you'll be searching for will be more optim optimal uh, kind of like better because then you know like okay uh, this blog corresponds with with everything how the website looks and what they're talking about so then it's easier for the search engine to find so actually uh, they are using these companies are using AI to uh, advance their product, and their pro product is to to make sure that people find the right, accurate uh, information uh, at a certain level. And to come back to like what Heather said, like okay, uh, you 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 write titles and articles and let it be playful or or something like that. Being a very creative person, also into like uh, art and design even before the computer era, I kind of like noticed that that is a thing that uh, that cannot be uh, mimicked or an AI or an algorithm can kind of like figure out because things that might be funny to you might not be funny to me. And that even differs from the country you're in, the age and those kind of things. So I think the next step would be it be like very specifying like, okay, this region, the people think that this is uh, a playful way to approach them. So it will kind of like adapt maybe uh, the next evolution that you might let the AI write the text, but it might adapt to the region and to the specific uh, group of people that you're targeting, like the ads are doing now. You know, the ads change based on your search. You get certain ads in your social media based on uh, what you search for, what you like, what you talk about, what you comment on. So it's still going to be like an internet bubble that we're going to be in. So I think the next evolution is to 
to make, uh, like with the video, uh, Google and YouTube are already making the shorts, of course. The next iteration is that the human element that they cannot copy, they're going to take that away from videos. So you're going to see that the videos, they are going to be translated. Like you can now already like translate like uh, a video and put subtitles and ask Google, like, can you subtitle this video for me? And they'll be analyzing that to to see like, okay, what do we find in this day and era? Fun, playful, not acceptable, uh, uh, trending, uh, the way we talk and communicate. And they will even specify that in every region and every genre or any industry. And I think then it's going to be very difficult to to be very unique in what you do because when you meet that person in real life or that company and you see that they don't walk the walk and talk the talk, you're going to ask yourself like, okay, uh, what do we connect to? We connect to people. And if we as a strategist or a marketing or whatever you do for a company branding, that's going to be very difficult to kind of like uh, see like, like with, with, with a visual aspect, like I make art, I make design, I make merchandise, and I do like print on demand web shop and all that kind of thing. People connect to it from not only vis- visually looking at it and uh, reading the text and everything and what it's about, but also to to the whole vision behind it. And and yeah, a vision is is such a creative process in, in each and every way that that's going to be like very hard to to kind of like put in put in an AI in that sense that we still need the human aspect and input that is always changing uh, every minute, every day in that aspect. So I find it a very interesting topic and that's what I just uh, wanted to add to it and uh, interject into it. So thanks for letting me speak. This is Lua Tara. I'm done speaking. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Lua Tara. It's, it's very in, important to note that as you're thinking about the AI and trying to process what the AI is doing, you're not depending on the AI 100%. I would say you can depend on it maybe 10, 20% because the 80% you're going to put in is going to be your brand, your knowledge, your expertise, your experience, and the kind of information that's going to keep you authoritative on search. If we just depend on the AI only, then we're not really doing our community a service, you know, actually doing them a disservice because now they can easily do that themselves and search online and get the same result that we're trying to give it to them. But if we give them that perspective, give them case studies, and then apply it in a way that, okay, you want it in a convincing way, you want it in an informative way, you want it in a suggestive way, in a playful way, those things can happen. But you also have to go a step further and practice that so that by the time you perfect that practice, you have that proof of concept, which allows you to even talk more and do more for people who are connecting with you on a consistent basis, especially if they're trying to search for things that you're looking for or that things that you provide. And I saw Heather is also on miking and she had some comments in the chat. So I wanted you to also respond back to what he said. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, and if you get, and this is for everybody in regards to the prompts, um, get really, really granular, get like really niche down and targeted. If you, and a hundred percent, a fun tone of voice 
can mean something to everybody. A fun tone of voice for the older generation may not be as fun <laughs> and um, lighthearted as that in Gen Z. So if you think about, sorry, I got a phone call that never happens. Um, if you think about how you can prompt it, you can really, really niche down and get it to that tone of voice that you really want. Um, but making sure that the prompts are unique to each like blog post, to each client, to each whatever, because you don't want to say a fun tone of voice for client A and client B because it's just going to sound the same. So think about how you can really separate it out, get really granular and niche down for each client or each post or each blog post or each video. And then on the video aspect, guys, it can write you like, okay, so what's really trendy right now on uh, TikTok and Instagram and just reels and the short form video in general is a video of yourself doing something, walking on the beach, typing in your office, whatever. And then you have some trending music, but then the, the text overlay, there's that, that paragraph on the video. And that is so when you, you're reading the, the video and you're watching it at the same time. So this is a, this is a great hack. Um, ask chat GPT to write you a paragraph or a, I asked it to do this, write me a TikTok overlay that takes about seven seconds to read on the topic of social media management. And then I made my video six seconds long. So then I knew that they had to read that for seven seconds, but my video was only six seconds long. So then it's going to repeat and they're going to have to take that one second. So that means I have a complete view on that video. And we all know that the algorithm likes to like push that out if you have more views and more consistent views and all the way watched views. So you can ask it to do that. Create an overlay for TikTok that takes about eight seconds to read and it'll do it for you. So just think about how you can go really niche and then also how you can use it like super creatively. Thanks. I also want to add to that real shortly because you said then the text is long and people read it. I actually, when I'm on TikTok, I like never read the text of a lot of these, uh, these videos because I'm more intrigued by the visual aspect and the music. And sometimes it has like, captations like subtitles like if it's like motivational speaking and uh, so on so we also have to like put in account the human aspect that that of course uh, language is is like our number one way of communicating but we're in a visual era where and especially on social media and, and being creating content for social media for websites like even on i'm now in vr and ar the aspect of of language it's more like if people want to be immersed in something and reading is like the last aspect of all this overflow of information that we are receiving so the real kind of like game changer and and the evolution is going to be like can you give someone an emerging experience so that's why i'm creating all my stuff like art uh clothing whatever it is in in, in AR and VR, and it has such an impact in how people respond to it and kind of like sense it. So that that's actually the, the next human evolution of how we, how we kind of like emerge ourselves and consume or take in information in that sense, because it's just so much information. I even have like an app that reads text, because I'm like, 
if there's like a long blog or whatever, I'll just let it read it for me while I'm doing something else, you know? So we have to also put that in mind. Thank you for those two points, Heather and Lua Tara. You know, that is, it's very important to note because the more we're getting to this AI, you know, generated content pillars or, or fillers, for lack of a better word, it's like we are getting more, like we said earlier, we're, like we're getting a little lazier. Like we just put in a word and it just gives it back to us. And then we're like, okay, now we can use it. I don't think we should be doing that, especially for chat GPT or anything that's AI related, because this is just a way of saving time. If you think about the concept of saving time, then you can use that instead of spending three hours doing research, you could do 30 minutes doing research and do 30 minutes of writing because you've been able to save yourself an extra two hours of doing both. So if you do it in a way that you can be able to read it yourself and actually understand it and conceptualize information with the intention of making sure that when someone searches on Google or Bing or any other search engine can find your video, can find your text, can find your graphic and make it unique, then that's really where you can start to make that change in the algorithms and your indexing within your Google Search Console or any other webmaster that you're using. So these are great points and I'm so happy that we're having this conversation today to let people know that ChatGPT is not a replacement for copy, it's just a compliment, it's like a complementary way or a suggestive way of making your work easier, but it's not gonna replace the work and the smart work you have to put in initially to get that fundamental approach you know, online. So I really appreciate the conversation we're having. I wanted to go to Paul um, next. Thank you so much for you know taking the time to be with us today. I've never had a chance to connect with you, so please feel free to unmute your mic and let us know if you have a question or contribution to the conversation. The floor is yours. Hello, Favor. Great greetings from London. And uh, I've got two observations with two questions, if that's okay. Um, I, I'm an author of various digital marketing books and actually have a small little clubhouse and intimate group. We were talking about uh, chat GPT uh, for half an hour and posted the comments on prsmith.org. Um, I'm very interested, actually, what, what just before I give, give the two points, if I may, and then two questions uh, about getting lazier and the lack of, of mental exercise going on for all of us, um, to the point that I'm actually starting to recommend to people that they stop Googling stuff and they actually try to remember and discuss it, although it takes longer, it exercises the brain. I do worry that technology, uh, and I use technology everywhere I can, but uh, is dumbing us down. We've seen it with social media, we've seen the polarized opinions, the lack of the art of conversation, the lack of open-minded opinions, and the unacceptance of, of actually, I'm not sure what the answer is here. I, 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 is that okay with you guys? You know, uh, people either want it's a black or white, and that's a problem. I think that we're losing the art of conversation and debate, um, and technology isn't helping, uh, in my opinion. So I think less technology where possible occasionally uh, might be a way forward to stop us being dumbed down and being fed by algorithms, what we'd like to see before we realize what we'd like to see, or what we'd like to buy with Amazon, um, Amazon's uh, shop and ship versus ship and shop, you know, they're anticipating exactly what you want. Thank you for listening to the rant. The two, the two questions favor, if I may, um, are, uh, is this the end of marketing? I'm talking about 20 years from now, and I've been approached by a Norwegian AI company over the last year, 
um, who firmly believe it is the end of of marketing as we know it. And they're talking to me about how, how HR and uh, AI will replace marketing completely. Um, now, there, there's a there's some logic behind it, which, which I'll go through. And the second question is um, about your academic essays that you were talking about earlier on. Um, I have a suggestion, and I'd l- love to hear your opinions, whether you think th- it might be a solution to the issues with AI-driven academic essays. So so back to the first one, if I may. Um, the end of marketing, you know, um, I posted this thing today uh, after our chat about the art of prompting, and you were talking about prompting there earlier on. Uh, and I was looking at a list, a really interesting list of prompts for chat GPT. So there's a list I've just posted on, on, on my blog um, about the art of prompting, which is, you know, uh, can you act or act as a startup ideas generator? Yeah, and the brief goes into generating digital startup ideas based on a wish. Um, I wish there was a bigger, large shopping mall in my, in my small town. Um, generate a business plan for this with the, for a digital startup, complete with the idea name, a short one-liner, target user persona, users' pain points, uh, main value propositions, sales and marketing channels, revenue streams, cost structures, key activities, key resources, you know, all of this. Idea validation steps, estimated first-year cost of operation, potential business challenges to look for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and write, it, uh, write the result in a markdown table. Now, Probably it's not capable of, of delivering a really exciting and, and useful, um, better plan uh, at this point in time. But I think that's only a matter of time before it gets sharper and more accurate. So I was looking at the other prompts. You know, so you could prompt it to give me ideas and give me a plan, or you could prompt it to act as a web designer or to act as a salesperson, replying to these responses or, or act as an advertiser or, or social media manager you know the endless functions that you could act ask it to act now i know everybody's saying it's not perfectly valid just yet you know there's laden with errors and gaps and logical etc um but my question number one is does anybody else think that this might be the end of marketing i'm talking about 20 years from now uh, given that we've got ai chatbots in china with 465 million boyfriends, you know, an AI girl chatbot with 465 million advanced relationship re- relationships with young boys in China. Um, so the relationship thing, an intelligent discussion, an engaging discussion thing, I think they've ticked that box already. Um, so the question, if I may, uh, favor, very interested if anybody has uh, a thought, I mean, am I doom and gloom? I'm a marketing man through and through. Uh, but is this all doom and gloom? Twenty years from now, will will there be room for? Yeah, I us think it's a little bit doom and gloom to be to interject. I see Ashley up there. there. Yeah. Uh, one, you know why? One second, guys. Um, just wanted to make sure that because this question is going to be answered by a couple of people, so I wanted to first okay. at least respect the people who asked first. I saw Gabrielle um, mention it in the chat. Um, so Gabrielle, you could go ahead after that, then Heather. And then now you, Luatara, and then Ashley. I was just watching to see who won it first, so I wanted to just respect that um, people's time. So, Gabrielle, you could go ahead, and, and at least we can make it through the room quickly. Sure. I'll keep it brief. Um, thank you so much. So, <clears throat> that is always a really great question, and I can definitely say that AI and digital marketing has significantly shifted um, 
over the just over the past 20 years my career started on the agency side you know old school drinking martinis at noon you know coming up with ad campaign concepts and things like that uh working long hours you know new pitches and from the advertising side many advertising shops have closed down um over the past say five to seven years because of the rise of digital marketing and AI um, taking the place of some of the tasks that were done on the agency side. Um, however, what you'll see is that a lot of organizations are adopting internal marketing teams, which of course isn't uncommon, but it's more popular nowadays because they need individuals to come up with the strategic aspect of it. So the thing about AI is that the adoption of it can be from a, I guess it's more of a supplemental standpoint. There's two different types of AI. There's one that replaces, you know, an individual or an entity, and then there's one that supports an individual or entity. And many organizations aren't prepared for the replacement of individual entities, you know, at a talent level. Many organizations are adopting AI from the support side in order to make something easier or more robust over time. So to say that AI will replace marketing, I don't think so. However, um, the, the, the entire framework of marketing, I believe is gonna change into something that's more strategy-based because even with AI, you have to have specific individuals that are driving the topics and ideas and focuses of the organization that AI can help support, but not necessarily replace. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gabriel. Um, that was a great point. Um, I hope, um, Paul, you were able to hear the last part before you got on the phone call. I wanted to um, yeah. move over to Heather as well yes. before we go to Laura. Yeah. Heather, you can go. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I don't think it will replace marketing because this is just a tool, like everybody's been saying. Um, there's the strategy behind it, which you need somebody who understands strategy if it's from old school grassroots marketing to digital marketing to social media marketing to print marketing to newspaper marketing you know what i'm saying there's all these different types of marketing arms and digital and social media are just a new arm to the marketing aspect of a business and then you need somebody somebody to implement it you know you can we i say this all the time we can be sitting here messing with chat ai chat gpt any ai and it could just sit on our computer forever because you don't have anybody to implement it. You know, I see people writing, oh, I just got 30 captions and copy done for the whole entire month. Oh, that's nice. It's going to live on your phone or in your computer forever because you're not implementing it. You're not utilizing other tools like scheduling and, and all of that fun jazz, like Canva, all of it. So no, it's not going to replace marketing. It's just going to elevate certain marketing arms um, and help with implementation because you'll be able to implement faster due to you having the content or the copy or what have you, um, even the business plan um, in front of you so you can implement faster. So thank you. Thank you, Heather. That was a great point. Thank you so much for elaborating on that as well. Um, Luau Tara, please go ahead and let us know what your thoughts are. Well, my thoughts are it's, we have to like really understand that we're living in a day and area where the technology is going 
quicker and faster and in a very disrupted industry. Like when the first iPhone was kind of like created uh, in like around 2007, 2008, it had just the same amount of power as a whole room full of computers that send someone to the moon. So if they had that iPhone then, they would kind of like not have the use of all these people maintaining the computers and and everything. And going back to the subject, like writing a text and strategy, like I'm a designer and the disrupted industry says, okay, you can let someone uh, design a logo on, on Fiverr for five euros, but uh, you don't have any, uh, without any vision and any input and strategy, you don't have a good logo. You, you're not going to have a good marketing or branding opportunity there. And you can copy from other companies or other websites and things. But still, if you don't know why they implemented it and what the strategy is, then you cannot create your own strategy. So if you're writing a play or writing something and you don't have no like like background in, in theater and playwriting, you can ask it to write a certain play on a certain genre, but you have to have some kind of like background or foundation in order to utilize any tool that you use to disrupt anything. And of course, when you put all the input in a chat box and the more a person talks to it and interacts with it, the more it's going to fine tune to that group of people. But seeing that the, like every industry is changing, just like from the iPhone to the smartphone to, to having apps and now with video and now even this app with Clubhouse that we're, we're able to talk and they're implementing ways like on LinkedIn to do this and on other platforms, we really have to understand the human aspect is the most important thing that drives something to the success and not only the strategy, but also the vision behind it and the gut feeling instinct of like, okay, this is what I should do because this market is changing. And that's why uh, it's the market marketing of any product or tool or any vision is so tricky because we're constantly changing by something that's happening in the world or happening in an industry or happening in innovation or just happening in in maybe even the weather so we always have to be mindful of those aspects that the human aspect of what we kind of like feel and it might sound a little bit like uh hippie-ish but what we feel what is going on that kind of like determines the trajectory of any strategy or plan that we create for any product or any service. Mm. May, may I reply, Fabio? Yeah, sure. Um, or, or does Greg Dorland want to say something before I kind of give it? Yeah, I know Please. Ashley wanted to say something and then Greg Dorland wanted to sure. add on top. Yeah, Ashley. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Favor, and thank you everyone on stage and in the room for listening. I'll I'll keep this brief. I think, um, well, one, nice to meet another Smith. Hi, Paul. And so, uh, 
what <laughs> what I would say is to answer your question about you know because because that was a concern too when this came out I was very in line with what what you were thinking about is okay do I need to make a career change what's going on and then part of that calm was okay well we've got 15 20 years before you know all of this happens for the rest of the world to catch up I think in between there or part of that journey is going to be digital marketers and marketing professionals. We're going to see more technology be married with our profession, even more so than it is today. You know, I can't speak for everyone in the social media marketing circuit, but when I started 10 years ago, oh crap, 23, 11 years ago, you know, we didn't have schedulers yet. Uh, so it was all manual. And we canva didn't exist so we were using photoshop and oh my you know, god sorry I, yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you holy crap yes Ashley. Hi, Heather. yeah I, this is why i love heather uh she gets it um but yeah we didn't have all of these tools that did all of the thinking that we're talking about now right and so i and and now it's people are talking about okay well if you want to repost on a TikTok on instagram you need to remove the logo and check the metadata of the video and then upload it or vice versa, or this is what you have to do to edit this part out of it. And, and more and more content that we're creating and more and more that we're doing is relying on quote unquote, beating the algorithm when really it's more of understanding the algorithm and knowing how and why it works and when it's going to make those changes. So our role is becoming yes creative and marketing and and expressing messages properly and in a in an appropriate tone and voice for our clients and ourselves and our own businesses but we're now also needing to understand the technology and frankly anyone who is part of the og social media days you know how to wear all those hats right <laughs> and so it's it's just be, it's changing the industry i think in a very positive way in that that's what I'm hoping. And that because we're seeing more and more about you have a social media manager or a social media marketer. It's more um, it's it's not separated, but you have specific roles, you'll have a strategist, right, that comes up with your marketing plan and how you're going to use all of these elements and and marry your traditional and your digital marketing. And you'll have an analyst that's going to analyze the data and see what the results are. And then they'll communicate to see what needs changed. Then you're going to have a graphic artist that's going to come up with your brand and your visuals. And then you're going to have a videographer that's, but there's all of these different branches that are starting to come out because I, I mean, it's the same reason how Favor and I connected. Like he, I know enough about SEO and I can Google an SEO article or ask chatbot GBT for, a, <laughs> for SEO information. But I'm not, it's not my specialty. I'm not in it day to day or at the level that that favor or John might be in. So the same reason, you know, in that um, the, uh, the higher education industry, like with Nikki and Gabrielle, who have been in the room, you know, I don't know the day and day ins and outs. Like we can talk about Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. I love YouTube, Facebook, all of those things all day long with me, but it's, it's a lot as technology and things change. And I think there needs to be, there'll, there'll hopefully be an understanding with brands and clients that it costs more because of all of that work. And I think it's just going to come down to 
um, competition. You know, who understands the marketing plane? Um, and hopefully and effectively, that means that we can, the, the good ones can charge more. Um, and not, I mean, because as Luart, I'm sorry, uh, stated, you can go on Fiverr and find somebody that does what, that, what I what I do or what anyone probably on this stage does, but you're not going to get the same quality. So, and I know I said that I would keep it short and that wasn't short, but I'm just speaking. <laughs> Thank you. That was great, Ashley. Thank you for that add on as well. Um, I know a lot of people have definitely gained from that information from everyone that has spoken. And I would like to also add, um, you know, great Darlene as well. If you could go ahead and let us know what your thoughts are as well before um, Paul responds. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay, okay. Um, so I just want to come in from this angle. Uh, so I'm one of the persons who actually believe people should have basic knowledge of anything before trying to use like AI to actually um, accelerate all the whole process of doing that thing better. Well, I feel the point where some people are taking um, the old AI stuff is quite wrong. Um, like, for example, someone will say, um, AI will just replace copywriters. That that is actually um, partly true, and that's not true. But a copywriter will be like AI can't replace copywriters because um, AI does not understand emotions, and we do. And I and I don't think that's completely true. That AI does not understand emotions because the way they've tried to train AI now, it like it has artificial um, emotional intelligence also, and not just the. Um, actual intelligence. So I believe people should stop trying to fight the flow because it's like saying a hoe is better than a tractor, which is a lie. But you still need someone to use um, that tractor well because the tractor can't actually move itself. So I believe people should be able to use AI to accelerate the whole process and like quit fighting the flow or if it's going to take over their jobs or not. I just think people should know how to position themselves rightly into the whole system and not keep um, fighting the whole AI revolution. Um, so that, that's just my thought. Thank you. Great, great, great point. Thank you so much for that. Paul, would you like to respond to that? Um, and I think Will has something, but you can respond first. Great, thank you. Yeah, so great, Dorlin. That that's actually really, really uh, reassuring and interesting to remind ourselves what you said. There is, uh, we do need to understand the, the discipline of marketing uh, before using AI-driven marketing tools. I, I think that I'd forgotten that myself, and that's uh, <laughs> screamingly obvious now that you mentioned. So thank you for that. However, I would challenge the idea of we need people to execute marketing tactics. You know, maybe the strategy bit. Uh, we need humans, but the, on the execution side, you know, we, we've got um, a shift to even the creative generation from Canva to through to, you know, automated personalized email journeys by Zim and others, uh, social media distribution by Hootsuite and others, automated ads, a guy in Tom, called Tom Ollerston in London is producing hundreds of ads for major clients, throwing them all out there and then optimizing the ones that work. I mean, it's a completely different approach. One guy doing what 20 people used to do. Um, uh, so, you know, the thing I mentioned earlier was the asking, you know, the prompt asking for a full plan, which included strategy. I was really surprised to see that. So 
I am concerned. Um, maybe there's, there will be some room for thinkers that understand the discipline, um, as, as Greg Dolan said, and I, I really like that thought, uh, but maybe there won't be so many of us in 20 years' time. Um, we're weak already at strategy. I mean, I write up, you know, my Sustac planning system is used in every university in the UK and Ireland um, uh, and every Charlie Institute of Marketing place. So, I, you know, really into planning and strategy. And I, I think there's a weakness in, in people developing strategy currently. But I wonder if, if AI can play great chess, which is a strategic game, I think we'd agree. Um, why can't it play great marketing strategy? Now, maybe it's not ready just yet, but I, I'm still... Uh, concerned. Uh, I do remain optimistic, though, because um, I think you can use it for good and in broader ways, such as you know, stop starvation or poverty in a region or, or, you know, give it big, big challenges, social challenges. But I am disgusted, to tell you the truth, by the irresponsible release of chat GPT. And I admire Google and other companies for, for not releasing their equivalents because they're not fully tested nor regulated. But that's a separate discussion. And I, I do have one essay comment to make if we have time for it, but I'll, I'll pass it back to you, Favor. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate that. Um, we're also going to talk about the Google's Lambda, which stands for, um, it stands for, excuse me, it stands for the language model of, or for dialogue applications so we're going to talk about that really soon so that you know we can really tackle and see how google's you know pre-model they're trained they have about 1.56 trillion words um that are freely accessible and if you know chat gpt decides to start paying or if people start paying for it then it's going to change everything completely especially if there's a paywall to it you know right now it's free everybody's using it it's cool yeah they don't have much till 2021 but if they start to charge for it, then it's just going to be like any other AI app or platform. So they have to be really focused on sensitive to how people are going to be responding to this platform. So I can't wait to see how this plays out in the rest of 2023. Um, Loa Tara said, have you had something to say really quickly before we go to Tanji Colin? Yeah, we, we, yeah, uh, something real quickly. Uh, it's gonna, uh, kind of like evolve in, in the sense that, um, uh, just like this, uh, this app, if, if you kind of like pay for it and the input and the data on Clubhouse is kind of like uh, filtered with like the invites, you get a certain quality and uh, it's not there yet uh, with, with like any application being like also on the end of developing applications. Uh, things have to not just be tested, but it really depends on the input. So when... Uh, when, when like the, 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 the chat GPT comes with like a paid version, then they can like specify like, okay, they're going to ask you questions like, what are you going to use it for? And they're going to see like, okay, then, then you might have like other applications that are specifically for certain, like, uh, uh, certain niches or, or certain industries. So, so that's what they eventually want so the more they specify who's using it then they use your data your brain your strategy your 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 creative thinking of of kind of like hacking this system and getting the best result out of it and then they kind of like you reuse that to to make it even better for other users and easier for people that may not have uh, a certain background uh, uh, of a certain subject 
to use it to create a strategy or a blog or a website or uh, a, a team development or what whatsoever. So we just have to be aware of that shift and change when that comes, then that means that the quality of the application is going to be better to use, but also the downside easier to use for certain people that don't know nothing about strategy or a website. And they would like say, okay, I'm going to download or go into the chat G PT version that's about uh, housing or real estate or about uh, uh, government contracts because that's what I am doing and that's what I need to figure out and to do. And then they're probably going to ask a very high price for that because then you're going to be like the, the yeah, you're going to have the ultimate uh, data and strategy to to create something in your in in your field or line of work. So that's the the next evolution of it, I think. So true. That is so true. I think that paywall is going to definitely change everything. And if Google decides to create something to counter that and it's free, then we already know Google is going to win. Google has been there ever since. So I don't think they really consider them as a competitor. They are, of course, a competitor. But when you think about the long-term strategy and planning, you have to train someone to say, have you used ChatGPT? Right now, it's a hot word. It's a trending topic. So everybody is kind of like latching onto it. But you will still go to Google at the end of the day to check something that you're usually used to doing. So I don't know how it's going to go, but I just feel like Google is not really worried, but they also definitely are using this as a launching pad to do whatever they need to work on, especially for their new um, language um, modeling system as well. Um, Heather, did you want to say yeah, something real quick? Yeah, I just want to say real quick because I'm like literally like 10G. sitting here on my computer and I'm I'm on Facebook clearly because I have to schedule out all this stuff. But literally Business Insider posted like a few hours ago with Bing and ChatGPT, Google's about to face competition in search for the first time in 20 years. Now I am a huge fan of Bing. I like Bing because number one, the organic uh, search is amazing. You find your result, you find the thing that you want better because like it, it prioritizes that organic and you don't have to go through all those stupid sponsored posts and ads at the top. Number two, one, two, three, four, five, six. Google has six letters. Bing has four. <laughs> to shave off a little bit of time per day it's easier just to type in bing.com if i need it than google.google.com okay that's all i wanted to say i love you guys you know you can talk to your computer you know that <laughs> you don't have to yeah, type it yeah if i talk to my computer my kids There's will phone, be talking yes. to it too just ask siri or uh, google assistant you know you don't, you but, don't have to type it but favor, favor, Google is two syllables. Bing is one. Therefore, you still save time by using Bing, I guess, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> wow. This is big. And even five hours ago, I just checked the top stories. I see that um, New York City bans ChatGPT and Amazon lays off 18,000 workers. I don't want to go into that. You guys can do your research on that just to give you guys uh, January 6th, Friday um report i just saw that right now and because i i actually did a search because great dolin talked about amazon acquiring um chat gpt so i have to do research on that to make sure that's a fact 
Favor, could I ask you that second question if it's appropriate? If not, no worries. Yeah, you can. I know we have five more minutes because I also have a client meeting and like we've been here for about two hours. So you can ask the question. Just wanted to go to Tenji so that he can make any comment. And I'm sure that could also help with the second question. Yeah. Hey, Favor. Hey. Um, uh, <laughs> love, the, love the title. And, you know, what I would say, it, it's about time. Like Google actually does have competition. And not just from chat GBT, even though it doesn't look like that right now, but they're looking in their rearview mirror. They're looking at TikTok with, you know, search, you know, in where the younger generation is headed. So it's going to make them up their game and, you know, their price is going to have to start coming down for advertising. It, it does all that. But I think was, you know, we I remember two years ago just sitting on the same platform and having some heavy hitters in uh, who does copywriting in that world and that space and talking about how AI was going to change the game, was going to change jobs. But I think for me, the most important part is I'm for the creator economy. And what this does now, it gives a lot of creators in, you know, an opportunity to get in the game in the sense of not having to worry about the old gatekeepers. You know, it's a time someone who's creative, they can be able to stand out. They're going to be able to know how to use these AI platforms in a way that's gonna go and evolve as time is, is, is working. And we're doing, you know, we're looking for new um, innovations and just different ways of, you know, competing with the world. And I, I think when it's like just open that platform to let people discover and do certain things, we're gonna start seeing a lot of new ways to, not just uh, that's somebody else's mic, but um, a, a new way of being able to, you know, have uh, uh, output in whatever, I guess, business you're in, whether it's a service or products or, you know, however. And I think with ChatGBT, what it's doing, it's making, you know, it's giving, it's like an advertisement for all the other AI apps that's coming on board. Because, you know, as soon as we started hearing about, you know, ChatBT, in the, you know, um, I guess, you know, most of the AI platforms have already been existing, but now it's a big push to seeing, you know, the type of developments and the creations that they're doing, you know, whether it's in podcasting, how, how you're gonna use it to uh, monetize, how you're gonna use it for marketing, you know, there's so many avenues and ways to get involved in it. So I, I just think it's, it's a great, you know, thing for creators. And of course, you know, it's sad that a lot of jobs are gonna be taken, but this is something that we knew was coming. So it's not a surprise to everybody. We knew the robots, we knew, you know, just copyright and all these things were going to be taken away. So for people who are in that industry, you have to start thinking ahead and, and prepare. And, you know, sometimes if you can't beat them, you got to join them. <laughs> Facts. So, um, Paul, did you have the, the yeah, second it, question? before? It, it's we a leave? very... It's a very quick one because I know you're tight for time here and I really, really enjoyed this group uh, conversation. Um, it, it was the, the issue that was raised earlier about academic essays being you know, AI created and, you know, some places have stopped accepting um, academic papers and essays uh, as a way to gauge people's knowledge. Um, and I noticed that the, a, the CPD chat, um, G, sorry, chat GPT, um, uh, when it was using its prompts, uh, that I've listed there earlier on, uh, one of them is act as a fallacy finder. 
you know, checking invalid arguments and logical errors. And another is act as a Socratic method prompt, which means, I guess, um, check, checking the quality of the logic for you. However, um, uh, here's the suggestion I have for a simpler human solution to the issue about essays. And it is this. Stop the essays. Uh, or let students write them if they want, but uh, don't gauge them on, on the essays that they produce. Gauge them on the presentation so that they you become an interrogator. As opposed to sage on stage back in the day, that's what lecturers were, they've become guides on the side now. But I'd suggest maybe they become interrogators and they just question the students and allocate the same amount of time that they would to reading a paper to questioning the student on the presentation. End of. Do you think that's a viable solution, a human solution to a tech problem? Who would want to answer that real quickly? I mean, a minute. yeah, I want to answer that real quickly. I think it is a human solution because I uh, teach at school 21 first century skills. And one of the skills is like uh, teaching them presentation or TED talk. I had to teach, uh, they asked me to teach uh, 14 year old kids uh, TED talk. And I'm like, you can't teach someone a TED talk. It has to come from, from a, a, a passionate uh, place to, to, it's not just a presentation. It's, it's like really, really feeling what you're doing is, is something mind blowing, making a difference or something that really triggers you to like really want it to, uh, to give it back to other people and give it back to the world when you present it. And I think uh, that's going to be something, uh, like I said, people are going to do like, like, like a fact check, like, okay, you, you wrote this, but do you know what, what you're writing about? Like, yeah. Do you agree on this? Do you kind of like feel the words that you're talking? Because we must not forget that it's great to, to prompt things and words, but where do these words come from? They come from thought. They come from the thought of us having a, a vision or a dream or, or being inspired by our surroundings or something that we read or even another person. And then we get triggered to do something bigger and better or more epic than we have ever imagined to to accomplish with with, with teaching ourselves and and evolving ourselves with with the knowledge that we can gain by learning, teaching, working, and collaborating. So, so I think it's a fantastic uh, idea to say like, yeah, the, the uh, it's going to be more weight on the people. But like some people are like geniuses can be like autistic or not saying in general that everyone is like that, if they're a genius, but some people can have a, a fascinating mind, but they don't know how to uh, kind of like maybe express it and uh, bring it across. So that's going to be like a very kind of like, like kind of like tricky thing to, to kind of like filter out, like, like, where is it coming from? Is it really genuine from this person? Uh, is it about the substance or is it about the, the, the innovation or the mere fact of that person's journey, how they got there and the, and their kind of like their, their hero's journey or their struggle or their background. So we're going to be looking at all these aspects, even using these tools to kind of like see the quality of what we produce and what we create as humans. Cheers. Thank you so much, Luatara, for that. Um, it's so hard to say your name. I'm so sorry if I butchered it, but Luatara, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Paul, for those questions. That has been very helpful. 
And um, this conversation definitely needs to come back. Just to make sure I can do a poll in the room real quickly. Just put a one in the chat if you guys want another topic like this you know, to come out like a part two. If you guys want us to bring this back, put a one in the chat if you're in the room so we can know if we really, because we, we've been here for two hours plus and we're not even done with all the conversations. So I can see the room is running with one. So definitely we're going to bring this back. And um, even NECA says, uh, yeah, we definitely have to bring this back. I'm so sorry. Make sure you check out the replay, guys. The replay is going to be on. And one of the things I said in the beginning of this room is the rooms that I'm going to be curating in 2023 are not going to be available all the time on Clubhouse because I am at this point where this information is so rich that it just has to live off the app. So I've Put it in, I put it in a way where first you need to join the All Things SEO house, which is at the room at the top. This is a house that you can be able to join when you join the wait list right in there. Um, as from this weekend, going on from set from tomorrow, or rather this evening, depending on the time zone you're in, we're going to be having an inner circle where you can be able to have access to all the replays from the ones that I curate in this room. I've done over 80 plus rooms and I also have a podcast called We Don't Play, which this is also going to go up to because I want to make sure that people can understand this concept. And it's not just for us here on Clubhouse, it's also for people who do not have the Clubhouse app or access to this because people are coming into the room. Over 544 people have joined this room today to tell you that this is a hot topic. So we can't just be talking about it and not being about it or doing things about it. So I want to make sure you guys join the All Things SEO house, because once you join this house, which I founded on October 28th of last year, you can have access and you can be able to have one step closer to having access to the replays, which I'm going to be having here for you. I also have a room here tomorrow if you're in the Clubhouse app tomorrow at 10 30 a.m how to optimize your business website for cash this is going to be very intentional on seo so it's also going to talk about some things to do with google if you've checked out my replays before you know that i really bring information to you so you can really learn how to put out your content and be the best person for your own brand and for your own marketing one thing i'm going to say right now really quickly is with the whole google chat gpt spiel Google has three types of chat GPT, quote unquote. They have Lambda, which I've talked about, which is a language model for dialogue applications. They have Google Mom, which also stands for, I think it's a multi, yeah, multitask unified model. That's something you can also research on. And then there's a third one, which is called Palm, which is pathways language model. So Google is really searching. They're not just releasing things but they're definitely looking out for all these things that you're trying to search and look for. So make sure you guys do your research and also have an informed decision before you make anything. But the takeaway, the key takeaway here for today's topic is don't rely on ChatGPT 100% because you also need to add your sauce, your brand, your touch, your, your speaking, your experience, your authority, and definitely the trustworthiness of your site or your brand needs to be emulated through that process. So don't just depend on it and think that, oh, I just copy and pasted it, it's gonna be fine. At some point, you need to also add your own spill on it so that people can be able to trust you well enough for the algorithms to accurately put your rankings on the SERP, which is the search engine results pages. So that's just what I wanted to say. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Does anyone have anything to say? Ashley, John, Heather, Dimple, um, do you guys want to say anything really quickly before we close? Ashley, John. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> everyone's on my I just want to say 
thank you so much, Favor, for hosting this room and letting me join you um, and for being part of my OG uh, mod squad. I'm, I'm probably sounding ancient right now to everybody who stayed on the app. It was so great to see some familiar faces and to meet some new people. I'm looking forward to the next discussion. Definitely, definitely. And as John is speaking to, I'll change the link one more time so that you guys can get to connect with me. If you guys are looking for anything that I have, you can grab all my quick links here. If you really want to connect with me, get your replays, get the masterclass, join my mailing list, sign up for the podcast, whatever it is that you want to do, all the links are going to be here for you. I just want to make sure that it's accessible because sometimes people ask, I don't see your links. I want to make sure that you can see it here, but I wanted to make sure that the room was focused highly on the topic today. So John, uh, feel free to, um, you already unmuted your mic, so please go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Favor. Uh, it was a great conversation today. I love talking about this, and so look forward to chatting more with everyone. And good to see everyone and hear all everyone's opinions and chats and ideas. So thanks again, and uh, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I also see Echo said she's joined the waitlist, so I'm definitely going to um, approve and make sure everybody else that has signed up will also be into the house as well. Heather, would you like to say anything real quick before we go? I just want to say thank you. I'm such a nerd with these conversations. So, um, and just look out because I'll be doing more um, of these rooms with everybody. Like all, I just love all y'all. So I can talk about this all day long. So if you're going to have a room in the future, include me. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> love you too. Yeah, we definitely have to bring you on board because I remember when we started this in November. So we definitely have to talk about it soon and bring it back to Clubhouse. Maybe in the next room that we're going to do for ChatGPT versus Google, we can add you on as well for sure. We'll just talk about the times and everything. Dimple. Yeah, thank you so much for this. I mean, every time you open up these rooms, like there's so much value and just thanks for, you know, creating the space and curating the community because I am also like Heather, tech nerd, marketing nerd, love all this stuff. So we totally geek out about this stuff, literally have dreams about chat GPT at night. So yes, we are all going to be talking about this because it's like the best thing ever if you know how to use it and we're all learning together. So thank you. You're welcome. Also wanted to make sure at least everybody in the room, we can go around really quickly because I want to respect everyone's time. Loatar, do you have anything to say before we go? Yeah, I just want to thank uh, Dimple, Heather, and uh, also you, Favor, and Ashley, and everyone that participated in John and uh, 10, 10, 10 Grams and, uh, and uh, a great uh, door, door team. Door, door late now. I'm correcting it, uh, saying it right. Because uh, like this is the whole, the whole thing. Without people, we cannot have a conversation. Without, without people, we cannot evolve. Without people, we cannot create. So we just have to like always put that in mind that uh, great things comes from great minds and it doesn't come from a computer. <laughs> so thanks for having me in the room. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. When you said 10 grams, you got me crying. Please don't do that <laughs> because it's 10G. <laughs> oh, yeah, but... That's your new name, 10G. <laughs> I was not. I'll okay. go with that. I thought it was like a social media thing, like on the gram, you know, like on the, on the gram, you know, like. No, love it. I That's his it... new name. So... <laughs> You're on the gram now. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Paul. Grinding on the ground. No problem. Paul, would you like to say something really quick before we go to Great Darlene and then Tenji? 
Yeah, well, I, I'd say congratulations. Uh, excellent room, really good chat. In fact, this is a really important topic. Uh, I think all AI discussions end up in philosophy, really. And it's important that we're all on top of this, not, not let it happen around us, uh, not just from a marketing point of view, from a society point of view. I think it's really important we have these discussions and keep them going. So well done, uh, very informed, very interesting, and thank you very much. You, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Great, Darlene. Uh oh, we can't hear you. Okay, maybe try jump off the the room and come back in. Maybe or maybe you're covering your mic, but just let us know when you're back because um, we're about to wrap up. But yeah, when he comes back, we can try again. Um, Tenji. Yeah, I'll just go with what uh, Paul was saying, too. This is, you know, just being first on, on board and figuring it out, and this is where everything is headed. So you got to really understand how to incorporate it and in what you do, and it's not going away. So just really understand it. This is, this is going to be a game changer for everybody and just not their business, family, just really understanding it and use it wisely. Big facts. Big facts. Thank you so much for that. Great, Darlene. Can we hear you? Let's, let's try again. Oof, man. We can't hear you, but you can put it in the chat because I don't want to keep everybody waiting. We've been here for over two hours, but I'm so thankful for you to you know give us information you gave us earlier on this room and just talking about all the things that we can do to make sure that we have a better experience online as well. Um, just also wanted to change the link one more time for Ashley. Um, make sure you connect with Ashley, social jargon. Would you like to say something really quickly, like in 30 seconds before we go? Sorry, favorite. I completely missed that. Um... <laughs> Uh, just, I am a social media manager. I'm helping others elevate their social media, stay consistent online and learn the world of the digital universe. Cause I'm not with the meta thing yet. Uh, I'll get there. <laughs> so thank you everyone. Um, be sure that you are following favor and myself and John, the, the speakers here up on the stage, if anything resonated with you and turn on the notification bell, if you're interested in hearing the next conversation about chat GPT and definitely be sure that you're joining um, all things SEO because favor brings it and you will always walk away with a solid takeaway and learning experience and a great conversation just like this. This is why he stands out on clubhouse is because he actually gives you value, um, which <laughs> it's hard to find these days on the app. So that's all I have to say, just the promo plug for you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Ashley. Thank you so much. I'm just happy that we're able to be here and just support each other because we are all geniuses in our own right. You know, I'm just doing my part in helping people make sure that they can find their own zone of genius as well. So I appreciate you for that. So guys, as we land this plane, it's time to say have a happy Friday, happy new year once again to those that, you know, you're listening to us for the first time and make sure you guys stay safe out there. Be warm wherever you are in the world. Make sure you have a great weekend and we'll definitely be here again, God willing, to make sure that we can bring this information to you hot and direct. So we're going to be closing in five, four, three, Bye, everybody. Two, one. Bye, everyone.